Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham. With us is Bill Crystal. And Bill, I apologize for being a little late. I was stuck in traffic on the George Washington Bridge, and I just couldn't make it to the studio. Chris Christie controls everything, you know. <laughs> you know, traffic in Massachusetts, traffic in It New was Jersey. amazing. Yeah, so someone actually was late, came in a little late. We had bad traffic near the office today. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, of course, the immediate joke was just what you said, right? <laughs> Christie has his tentacles extend even to Washington, D.C. Uh, according to the front page of the New York Times, this is, in fact, a major scandal. There's no doubt about it. It's an ugly incident, a couple of political hacks, of which I used to be one, so I speak with love, uh, apparently pulling a really dumb political stunt. But does the media coverage reflect more of their attitude about Chris Christie and the fear of his strength as a political force than it does the actual bad behavior uh, alleged by his staff? Yeah, I think to some degree. But I will say this. This morning, I don't think it was crazy for uh, the media to think and really to hope that this could really come close to doing them in because it was unclear how Christie was going to handle. It was unclear what the truth is or was, unclear what Christie was going to say. And I do think now, after Christie's pretty impressive press conference, and after his assertions, assuming they're true, that he really didn't know about it and really is appalled, and after really standing up and in a manly way, apologizing and taking responsibility, doing all the things that President Obama and Secretary of State Clinton never do, and so forth, uh, now he looks strong, and assuming he's told the truth, I think he's actually in very good shape. But, you know, to be fair, we didn't know how he would do uh, at 7 or 8 a.m. Or, or at midnight last night when they put the papers to bed. And um, in that respect, it's an interesting little test of Christie. And I think he, he, you know, assuming he told the truth, assuming we're not going to get another email where they're reporting back to Christie, boy, I really screwed up traffic on the GW Bridge yesterday, you know. I'm assuming that's not the case. Uh, I think he comes out of this, you know, it's unfortunate that his staff thought they should do this, and maybe there's a little bit of a climate of that. But, you know, really, what do we expect from New Jersey, from New Jersey politics? And uh, certainly the performance was impressive, though, today, and he could end up even stronger out of this. Uh, what impressed me, a couple of things, he offered specifics. I had a meeting at a specific time. I gave this specific instruction, uh, at, you know, and then I went out with this press conference. I followed up. Here's my action. And it's hard for any Republican, and particularly those of us who've been looking at stories like Benghazi or the IRS scandal, to not immediately think, wow, why didn't you finish your comments, uh, Governor Christie, by saying, yo, Obama, that's how you do it. Because I think that's the model. I finish that sentence, and I think a lot of us Republicans and conservatives are, but I think a lot of regular people are too. I mean, I mean, it's a bit of a conservative talking point this afternoon. Oh, look at compared to Hillary, he didn't get up and say, you know, what difference at this point does this make, right? And so forth. But you, but but it is a contrary. I mean, the truth is, the reason everyone's saying it is that it's obviously true, and I think your point's very important. He laid it all out there. If if he said something that was false, it's going to be provably right. false. Where, where, what did, who did President Obama talk to the night of Benghazi? I mean, that remains, well, he doesn't seem to have spoken to, we finally found out he didn't speak to his cabinet secretaries. What did he do? Was he really kept abreast? Did Tom Donald, the national security advisor, really show up and brief him even on what was going on, or he just go to sleep? We still don't know the answer to that. And people died in Benghazi, and Obama was commander-in-chief, and we didn't rescue those people. A little different from a couple of lanes on the GW Bridge getting shut down. And, you know, seeing uh, people on the left trying to make the phrase Bridge Gazi part of the conversation, part of the you know, lexicon out on Twitter and Facebook, etc., it's a backhanded admission that there was somebody who was supposed to be in charge at Benghazi. I think this is a very dangerous place for the left to go. But I will point out a little math uh, I did earlier today, Bill. If you put everyone in the same room who was fired over Fast and Furious, Benghazi, the IRS scandal, and a bridge being closed, there would be one person in that room. Yeah, 
Yeah. No, I look, I think the I think the left is crazy to sort of try to contrast it with Benghazi. That's going to end up helping Christie both in the sense of the severity of what happened and in his owning up to it. They they never, I mean, that, Clinton, Obama, they never really do this. And most politicians don't do, they, they use weasel words, they equivocate, they spend a long time explaining why they couldn't have known about it. Uh, Christie really stood up there, and if I can use an old-fashioned, old-fashioned expression, he, he sort of stood up there in a manly way and mm-hmm. took responsibility and didn't, beat around the bush. And again, assuming he's, you know, now vindicated by what else we learn, uh, it'll be a, you know, a slight blemish on his record as governor. He had some staff who misbehaved. But in terms of his personal comportment and, and the sense that this is a stand-up guy, I think it uh, it ends up helping him probably. You've had the uh, super, no, I'm not going to call it Superstorm Sandy, I'm sorry, that's buying into propaganda. It was just a hurricane. Right. But you had Hurricane Sandy devastating to New Jersey, and you had a chance to see Chris Christie handle that. Now you've had a scandal or a screw-up or a mistake or whatever you want to call it, a mess, and we're now watching Chris Christie clean it up. So far, he seems to be doing well, and I look at this bill as sort of like in a gymnastics contest where you have to you know, stick those basics before you get to go out and compete in the big match. I think Chris Christie may end up finishing this as the guy who's shown when Republican primary voters, you know I'm ready to handle this. You may not agree with all my politics. It may not be as conservative as you like, but you know I can handle the game. Which I think is important after the last few elections and, and uh, the problems with our our politicians not being very good at playing the game. I think that's right. And I, I think he will also have to show that he is solid on some key issues. And, you know, mm-hmm. will he appoint Supreme Court justices who most Republican primary voters, the kind that they would like? Will he be, you know, sound on foreign policy? Will he be sound on sort of key domestic policy issues? You mentioned Hurricane Sandy. That was one of the cases where I was annoyed at Christie, where he demagogued. He complained about Boehner, who was trying to be responsible. He ended up with $60 billion-plus, really much more than was needed uh, from the Congress when they were scraping to save, you know, a few billions. Suddenly they appropriate $60 billion because he brings down the entire Northeast, you know, media on, on mm-hmm. Boehner. So, I, I look, I, I think the jury is out and should be out on Christie and on a whole bunch of other people who are going to run for president. But um, as is often the case, you never know what, when you're going to be tested that's why politics is so interesting. You never, you never know what kind of weird things going to happen, right. and suddenly you get a moment. The, the spotlight is on, and either you do well or badly. And in that respect, that is an important part of politics. It's not everything. It's not everything. If the guy doesn't end up pursuing the right policies, appointing the right people, and so forth, but it's something. And as you say, the spotlight suddenly came on, and he walked out there this morning, and uh, he did awfully well. Uh, I, I, there are a lot of nice things to say about people like Mitt Romney and Senator McCain and Bob Dole, but. None, none of them can be they were good at politics <laughs> at least at right. the campaign aspect you know bill and we have not had a republican presidential non-incumbent win the popular vote since reagan in 1980 and that's distressing and i'm wondering if the uh, conservative slash tea party group are, are, are they uh, as aware of just how rare it is to have someone who has the political skill set because I don't I, I'm to the right of Attila the Hunt a lot of issues Bill but I keep coming back to Chris Christie again and again because I want someone who can play the game and win and I find it a, a very compelling argument plus the more the press beats him up the more the conservative grassroots are going to love him yeah look I think you know what he'll also be tested in the primaries and if he's as good a politician as as uh, some people now think you know he'll also prove to be very adept at at explaining to conservatives, look, I'm governor of New Jersey. I've, I've done certain things you don't quite agree with. I myself may not be quite where you are, but on some fundamental issues, 
I'm going to be totally reliable. I mean, I think if he makes that case convincingly, um, he could well be the nominee. If he doesn't make that case, he could have all the political skills in the world, and people might still prefer someone who they would think is a more solid conservative. So and there'll be, God knows, there'll be a million, other, a million issues, a million things will happen, a million a mini-crises like this. It is, the media thing, is, um, the comparison is comical. That's what you began with, and you're right about that. We shouldn't forget about it, just let that get away. The degree to which, you know, if this were some liberal, we'd have... Yeah, we've had very hesitant headlines on page A16. Of <laughs> might be a, you know, a little bit of a squabble right. about what happened here. Let's withhold judgment until we know all the facts. Front page New York Times, front page Washington Post, total hysteria on cable news, especially on MSNBC. And that, of course, set up Christine Isley for the, for the comeback. You know, the right. more they, uh, they, 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 they call you out, the, the better your comeback. Someone uh, asked me what this reminded me of in American politics. I really didn't have a good comparison, but I was thinking about Nixon for some reason. And this sort of gets to your earlier point about pure, pure political skill. Nixon had a lot of political skill. Yes. He was personally awkward, but you know he was a very, very adept, obviously an impressive a political figure. And I do think the Republican Party needs a touch of Nixon. I, I love Jack Kemp and that sunny optimism. I love Reagan, obviously, but you know, a little hard-headedness, a little bit of fighting for the middle class, a little bit of taking on the left, um, a little bit of also knowing what, what fights maybe you just can't fight at certain times and have to have to sort of accede to certain aspects of you know, big government or whatever. I think of those aspects of Nixon are not bad to imitate. And so I was thinking about Christie, who he's not, li- he's not like Nixon in certain ways, but there's something a little Nixonian about right. him, actually, in both a good way and maybe in a little bit of a bad way. And, I, and uh, I was reminded that, of course, Nixon, we all think of Watergate, but Nixon's original early political career looked like it was going to be utterly torpedoed in this fall of 1952 by the Checkers scandal, right. this money he allegedly had gotten. It was really a ridiculous little thing. And he went on national TV and gave the famous Checkers speech about his dog Checkers and his wife Pat's cloth coat, fantastic kind of middle-class populist appeal. Turned it all around. Eisenhower couldn't dump from the ticket, became vice president, and you know launched his right. national political, saved his national political career and, and launched it. So I, I think this could be a checkers moment for Chris Christie. Well, there's nothing new under the sun. Chris Christie quoted, uh, I'm in Massachusetts, our own Tip O'Neill, politics and beanbag, who of course was plagiarizing that from someone else. And then this isn't even original, Bill. No joke. Uh, you know Ray Flynn, former mayor and ambassador. Mm-hmm. When he first decided to run against then incumbent Democrat uh, Kevin White for mayor of Boston, he had his first fundraiser at a prominent restaurant that was on the water in a hard to kind of get to place. No one, virtually no one showed up. A reporter goes out to check it out. For some reason, the bridge that got you over to the restaurant, which had not been opened in years, suddenly was open. And there was this backup cars of all these wannabe donors who couldn't get across the bridge to give them money to Ray politics. But, you know, if if a liberal does this, it's kind of like we're talking about this story here. It's kind of a it's an amusing story. Mm -hmm. Hey, those guys know how to play. I play politics. Uh, uh, Rahm Emanuel. I mean, right. what about him? Obama's first chief of staff. You know, everyone kind of pats him on the back, and you know, he's a tough guy. Right. And, but isn't that that's kind of what you need these days? You know, the initial coverage of Christie, at least before his press conference this morning, was so much the opposite, right? Outrage. Right. You know, that ridiculous mm-hmm. faux moralism of the left. And in that respect, uh, whatever his ultimate fate, Christie's in this president in the next year, in the next three years. Uh, all of us can take a lot of relish in just watching the the uh, the egg spread over the face <laughs> of left-wing moralists. Well, the one job he won't have is as the head of the Department of Transportation. Bill Crystal, thanks so much for joining us on this Weekly Standard podcast. Please be sure to check weeklystandard.com regularly for podcast updates. I'm your host, Michael Graham.